The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. It's the uh, holiday season, so I hope you guys are able to spend time with your friends and family and all that good stuff. Hopefully you're buying them the appropriate gifts, a.k.a. PMPM merch. That was a little aggressive, wasn't it? That's okay. So this episode's a little different than what we normally do. Not tons different because it's still poorly made. I had the uh, opportunity to have my brothers on the podcast. One of them has been wanting to come on for a while, and I didn't want to just have him on the podcast just to have him because I, I, I don't, didn't want to force it or anything. But I got to thinking. I said, you know what? I know something we all have in common. We are uh, children of a cop. And so that was the topic for the podcast. I had people write in and uh, send some voice messages in about their experiences as being a child of a cop, if they became cops, things like that. So it was a fun episode. I got drunk with the boys, and uh, we had a good time. Cracked some jokes, told some stories about my dad, and uh, growing up as a kid of a cop. I think you guys will enjoy it. And it kind of has a a nexus. It's kind of oddly related to the last few podcasts, and I think it's going to be related to the podcast comes out after this so the next couple actually but whatever who cares it's all poorly made anyway before we get into the podcast i want to give big thanks to our friends over at officerprivacy.com as you know they've brought you every single sunday episode this year i mentioned earlier buying appropriate gifts for the holidays and sometimes i get messages from people saying hey you know i know you guys have had a lot of sponsors over the last little while here, you know, what kind of gifts and stuff. So I try and point them in the right direction, but I got to thinking about that today. You'd be a great unconventional gift. The gift of privacy, the gift of not having to worry about your personal information being on these crazy people search sites. It's just an idea. Or I mention frequently, screw everybody else, treat yourself and give yourself the gift of privacy. If you've never listened to the podcast before, what is officer privacy? Dot com do they scrub your name off these people search sites so if you're a police officer you're involved in a critical incident hell you're just run across a crazy person that's good at searching things hell you just run across a crazy person that googles your name that wants to cause problems for your family 
Officer Privacy removes you from these people search sites. They've got a couple different ways to do it. They have a do-it-yourself option. They give you the tools how to do it, and you take care of it on your own. Or you can be like me, pay for the premium service, and they take care of everything for you while you sit in the basement and make your podcast. Those are my friends over at OfficerPrivacy.com. All right. Well, let's get into the podcast. We'll play a little bit of music to lead us in here. We're going to play a little bit of Blacktop Rodeo, and we'll be right back with my brothers. Now joining the podcast, my two younger brothers, and we're going to talk about cops and uh, the family or something. Sir, what's your name? Uh, Gabriel Utsex, but most of my friends call me Gabe. So Gabe Utsex? Yes. Yes, correct. And brother number two, what's your name? Dixon Sider. Nice. So what brings us here today is... um, I asked a question on Instagram a few days ago about if uh, people became cops because their parent was a cop and their experiences as children of cops. And as you guys know, my dad is a cop. You guys have heard him on the podcast. So uh, we're going to share some stories. Uh, But anyway, yeah, we're going to share some stories, uh, what people had to say. And hopefully this is somewhat enlightening for people so they know what their kids are going through. I, uh, I don't really fucking remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember thinking that it was an issue for dad to be a cop for us. What do you think about that, Gabe? I have a few core memories, but uh, there's just a couple of like major things that happened. But overall, I remember he was gone a lot. He was working a lot, but it, it wasn't like a huge thing. You know, I mean, I guess there was like a stigma with other kids in school. Oh, you're the cops kid. And, you know, that kind of stuff. But I don't I don't really remember that. So we grew up in a bigger city and then we moved to a smaller town. And he was a cop in both of them. I thought when we lived in the bigger area, it was less of an issue because we didn't leave. We didn't live in the city, which I think would be, I don't know. I think there's two trains of thoughts. You want to live in the city, you protect. I know some people like that. But if you work in a serious shithole, I don't know, like like Columbus, maybe you don't want to live in Columbus or you know L.A. or Detroit or New York or anything like that. But I think the smaller town, I don't, I don't think it's as big of an issue. Dixon, Dixon Cider. What the fuck's your name again? Dixon. <laughs> Dixon. What was what were your thoughts on your dad being a cop? It was never really a huge issue, like especially when we were living in the bigger area. Like no one that we like, they knew that he was a cop, but they didn't have interactions with him. Whereas in the small town, like some of their parents would have had interactions with him. So like there was occasionally blowback, but not really anything that big and like that's what she said yeah we i never i never thought too much about he never talked about work that much so we never thought about the i never thought about the risk involved so it just wasn't something that really crossed our minds like i remember him being gone a lot but like when he was home he would try to spend time with us take us on day trips stuff like that 
I don't really ever remember being worried about dad. I think I think he did a good job of kind of sugarcoating everything and keeping us from worrying. So I don't think he's worried at all, though. Like he's one of those. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say about dad is I don't think I've ever met another person that loves their job more than him. Like if, out of all the people I've met in my entire life, there is not a single person on this planet that loves their job more than my dad. Yeah, I'll second that. Can confirm. <laughs> All right. So before we get too serious, we'll we'll play some of. Uh, we're gonna make meet my new assistant by the way pretty soon here. Before we get too serious, we uh, we got to talk about the dungeon. They are the uh, the second people to be down here for a podcast besides my dad. Gabe, what are your overall thoughts on the dungeon? Would you get raped in here? Yes or no? Uh, would you or have you? I mean, I have been raped in here. But it is a little musty. Uh, I mean, it's it's as described. The you've got the brick walls all around. Um, I'm looking at Towley right now, sitting on the window from South Park. But I mean, no, it's legit, man. It's a cool little hangout. I dig it. Other than the rapings, it's pretty cool. I live in Iowa, not West Virginia. they are family on family i just want to note that he is not a cop and he can make a rape joke dixon what do you think of the dungeon smells like dry semen and fresh tears (laughs) i thought i sprayed it pretty good before you guys came down but (laughs) all right whatever uh i think we should add that we've been having a little drinky poos today uh we got really wasted on thanksgiving it's two days after i could still be hung over from thanksgiving like before the car door shut, when I pulled up, there were shots being poured. Um, I we smoke a bunch of cigars, drank a bunch of whiskey, and I don't know by the grace of God, all three of us woke up without hangovers the next day. Like it was fucking miraculous. I don't understand how, but I was probably the most fucked up I've been in in a long time. Now, Dixon, you didn't really you didn't get through the night unscathed, did you? <laughs> No hangover, but we didn't all come out unscathed. We uh we had a little mishap right above us as we speak. I woke up, my gut wasn't feeling great. Thought I might have to take a shit. So I started heading to the bathroom and <laughs> Well, right above where we are, I shit my pants. On, just felt the felt the shit flowing. It was terrible. Probably would have made it if it didn't take you so long to get out of the fucking couch. (laughs) I wish I had a fat sound effect, but I don't. A tuba. I need the fat tuba. (laughs) Anyway, we're uh, five minutes in. We have a shitting the pants story. All right, so I think it's time to. Uh, should we just stick with shitting the pants to start off the bat? I mean, it's, it's whatever. You, we can do it later. We can do it at the end on the final questions, or we can do it now. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll leave that a little spoiler, so you guys have to listen to the whole thing. 
real quick before uh, we introduce my assistant, Connie. She's really nice. Did you want to become a cop, Gabe? I did. I actually did what I did. Uh, what you always speak against, and I went to school for criminal justice, <laughs> but life had different plans for me. But uh, I I went to the State Patrol Youth Academy in high school, and that's kind of where I wanted my life to go. But um, I ended up having a kid real young and had to drop out of college to support a family at a young age. So I kind of got out of that, got into labor jobs and it's worked out good for me, but uh, yep, here we go. Go ahead. I'll wait. Ha! Gay! Yep. There we go. But anyway, uh, I, initially I had planned on being a cop, like my whole life coming up to it, you know, I'd planned on being a cop, but things changed and, I have no regrets, but I don't know. I think I would have been a good cop. Dixon. It had never crossed my mind. The closest I ever had did anything law enforcement related. I worked in the, uh, in cur- in detentions for a little bit. It did, it wasn't for me. And I, I got out of it as soon as I could. Uh, yeah, I'd never thought about policing. It just never crossed my mind. Was it because, dad did it and you didn't want to be like dad or it just didn't sound like fun it just didn't sound like something that would interest me plus i've always been kind of directionless so i've i did retail for a long time and i found oil field work and that's what i've been doing for now and hopefully our emperor polis does not end it but we'll see what happens loser you're a loser are you feeling sorry for yourself <laughs> well you should be because you are dirt <laughs> you make me sick you big baby that was a little intense but i've had that for a while and had no use for it until just now you're not a loser buddy you got more in your pocket than most people do you're doing just fine gabe that's really hard not to say your name why did you want to be a cop did you just feel like the calling because dad did it mostly yeah i mean i i watched him and i saw how much he enjoyed his life and his job and i thought i'd like to be a part of that but I mean, I, I just grew up around it. I watched dad watched nonstop cop movies, Dirty Harry and all that shit, you know, and I just I, I thought that was what I was going to do my whole life. So, yeah, I mean, dad was definitely an inspiration on that. Do you guys remember dad like watching mostly um, oh shit? What's his name? Uh, who's Dirty Harry? Um, Clint Eastwood. Do you remember watching Clint Eastwood movies where he fucking cleaned his gun with hops? Yeah, he would he would clean his gun in the living room while watching Clint Eastwood movies or cops, the TV show or yeah, all the time, all the time. We're going to introduce my assistant, and I'm sure some of the stories you guys wrote in will probably inspire more stories from us. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, I I just got to be honest, I'm probably not going to do this justice. A lot of you guys wrote in and had really cool stories, and I uh, I don't know if we're going to get to all of them. We're going to try. And as you guys know, I cannot read. So um, I went ahead and I hired an assistant. Do you want to say hi? Hello, I am Lloyd's assistant, Connie Lingus. Hi, Connie. So Connie is going to read some stories for us. Let's read the first one. My dad was a deputy in the county. I'm currently working at as the canine handler. I remember as a kid, my dad always being gone at work. I also remember when he came home, he stopped at Love's, which is a gas station, and picked up a large styrofoam cup of Mountain Dew, and would always let my brother and I drink it while he talked to mom about what happened that day. 
My mom was also a dispatcher, so when they were both working, my brother and I would play and sleep at the courthouse. They always had this bag of ruffled chips in a little cubby in the hall between dispatch and the cells that we would sneak chips out of. Specifically, I remember one instance in particular. I was about four or five. My dad got a call at home, sprinted upstairs to the bedroom and hopped in his uniform faster than I could imagine. It would have been 1995 or 1996. He ran out and hopped in his Crown Vic and hauled ass out of town. We lived in one of the small towns in the county at the time. Well, our neighbors were older and they had grandkids that lived just outside of town, but all the grandkids were over at the time and we would play and ride bikes together. Turns out those kids' mom had been getting beat by their dad for years so one day the mom had enough. She dropped the kids off next door to us and when her husband got home from work she cooked him supper, fed him, had sex with him, then after he fell asleep she shot him in the head. My dad was pretty wrecked after that call. Anyway, I worked at a large agency for about five years until my dad succumbed to cancer in January 2021. After his funeral, I applied for the agency he started his career within my hometown and I have loved it ever since. So real quick, I think this is just appropriate for the the story. What the fuck? But I I don't know. I I wanted to work for one of the main agencies that dad had worked for, but I just I don't know. I missed the test or maybe I got an offer before I got the test there and it just never it wasn't meant to be, but I think it would have been cool to work for that agency, but I don't I feel like you see that in a lot of places where people just kind of follow the family line and do that kind of stuff. But it's, I think it's, I don't know. I'd be curious. Cause I feel like people are just kind of inundated. I mean, like, I think you would have been a cop if it wasn't for life. So it would have been two of us. I mean, I've, yeah, I've always wanted to be a cop, but I've also always been the fuck up. I've always been the fuck up. I've, I've been in trouble with the law a few times. I've got a DUI 12, 11 years ago, you know, loser, you're yeah. a loser. Are you feeling sorry for yourself? I, well, you should be because you I'm are dirt. Caught, you make me sick. You big baby. But, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> no, I I deserved mine, but no, I don't know where I was going with that. But cool story, bro. Yeah. Should I have Connie keep reading them, or should I read them? I keep Connie reading. She does better reading than you. That's true. Okay, so Connie's gonna read another story for us. My dad was a cop in a suburb of Pittsburgh, and his dad was a state trooper. I never had any doubt about what I'd do with my life. Both passed away before I got on the job, but my grandfather never wanted me to do this job and my father wanted nothing more. After being on the job and going through it all, I'm torn on what I'd want my children to do. It was easier for me when I first started because I knew what to expect when it came to working holidays and weekends, but nothing would prepare me for two OIS. I saw a different camaraderie when they were on the job than there is today, and that makes the job harder than it has to be. I don't regret becoming a cop and I can't see myself doing anything other job, but this one. It's a love-hate relationship. By the way, if you fucked up something, Connie's going to catch it. But I did want to talk about this one specifically for two reasons. One being the camaraderie. Based on what I saw on my dad's departments in the 90s and what I saw at my own department, it was not the same. I mean, everyone had fucking nicknames. Everybody seemed to like each other. It just seemed like, a, and maybe it was just that department, but it was a real tight knit group. So I don't think the camaraderie is the same. Speaking of nicknames, I, I'm curious if you guys remember what our nickname was with the uh, other officers on dad's department. I do, but I'm not going to say it because it involves our last name, but I do remember it. Yes. I will say the the one thing I kind of picked out of this story is the holidays and weekends and stuff. And like, I feel like I hear, I listen. I've listened to every single podcast you have. I feel like a lot of cops think that 
this is an exclusive thing for that line of work. Like there are a lot of people that works holidays that work holidays and weekends. Like I've, I can't remember the last time I had a holiday off besides this one, you know? So give your balls. There, a there are a lot of, I mean, you, you guys aren't special. Everybody works holidays and weekends. I'm just saying you guys, you guys think, what do you mean? You people, you know, you know exactly <laughs> what I mean. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I think, I think sometimes I'm not going to say I think the people that listen to this podcast are probably kind of of a particular set of cops that kind of think similar to the way I do. But I think that there is a subset, you know, it's the same subset that will post pictures of them eating, you know, on Thanksgiving at their car. And it's like, don't feel sorry for yourself. We just stop. Like. I'm not complaining about having to work holidays and weekends. That's what I fucking signed up for when I took my job, you know, but I'm just saying a lot of people have to go through that. Not just EMS, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of jobs. I mean, you could pick a job that's, you know, nine to five or whatever, but then, you know, those have their downfalls too. I mean, nothing's perfect and it's really weird. I see, I've mentioned it a few times. I'll mention again, like the whole anti-work movement. People realize that people have to work for the world to go around. You know, we, we've, I don't know, I guess you could argue about how we've existed the last couple hundred years, but people have to fucking go to work. If somebody doesn't go to work, your internet's going to work. They're not going to work. If somebody doesn't go, go to work, you're not going to be able to go to the grocery store. You're not, you need people in all sorts of sectors of work, and that requires overnight hours, you know, truckers. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely on board with, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself for the hours of the job you chose. And, you know, if I, I would always get burnt. And I know people disagree with this because I see it in the comments. Like, I'll make fun of people for being mad that they have to work at night or, you know, that they can't get the day shift after a year or whatever. And it's like, you know, I got lucky. I got I got day shift with shitty days off within a couple of years. But, you know, if I had to work nights, I have to work nights like you you know what you're signing up to do. And if you don't ask those questions before you sign up, then that's kind of on you too. You know, do you have any thoughts on that Dixon? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I worked nights for what, almost 10 years straight. I mean, but that was kind of by choice. I've always preferred working nights. It wasn't until recently that I had a Monday through Friday job with holidays off. I got extremely lucky finding that job. No, I agree with that. I we can't feel sorry for ourselves with the nights and weekends and shit. But I think one thing about dad with nights and weekends is dad was overtime whore. And which had pros and cons to it, definitely. You know, we had a, we had everything we needed as childhood or as a childhood. As children, we had everything we needed. Do we have extra? No. I mean, things were tight and there was definitely Yeah. I mean, uh so my mom didn't work. My dad always worked. And my mom never worked, but that allowed mom to be home with us. And we, we never went without anything that we needed. We always had everything we needed, but as far as wants go, that was a different story. But honestly, I thank God for that because we wouldn't be the people we are today. We wouldn't have the drive that we do today. I watched kids in high school, get cars handed to them. I mean, you can name names, you know, people just had a car handed over to them and and what happened? You know, they didn't appreciate it. They didn't understand the hard work that went into it. So with us growing up with the minimum, I wouldn't even say the minimum, just what's required. It pushed us to farther limits, I think. Yeah. But that that's not even. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I would. It would have been nice to see dad a little more, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. Goddamn, hurry up, Connie. Hey, this is a reply to your request of those that had a parent in law enforcement. I grew up with my dad as a police officer in a large city. My grandpa on my mom's side was a deputy for a neighboring county for 36 years. My dad was one of those that threw himself into the job. Always nights, always some specialty unit. Between gang squads and the SWAT team, he wasn't home much. Not to mention court time. If he was home, he was sleeping. I learned to walk quiet at all times. Something I unconsciously do to this day. My wife hates it because I can just appear in a room. To say I missed a lot having my dad as an officer is an understatement. I didn't know how to throw a ball until my late teens. He loves his job though, and my mom was a saint for being so strong. I'm now an officer myself in the same city. I'm a dad now to myself. I'm doing my damnedest to do things different for her. More memories of me. My wife was an officer as well, and she resigned after we had our daughter. God bless her because I know it wasn't easy. Her dad was an officer too, so she knows what it's like too. Now I love my dad. He's a great man and a great role model. I just wish I had more memories of just hanging out with him. Now if I could just get him to retire to be a grandpa, we'd be good. Yeah, I don't think my dad is ever going to retire. No, he he's uh, he's openly told us we're they're going to find him dead sitting at his desk. Like, yeah. I'm going to give Connie a little break here. No, I'm not. Fuck that. Connie. I I really hope we're we're doing justice to these stories. I want to tell them. But I did I did say voice messages first. So, you got to forgive me. You guys know I can't read. For a bunch of people that demand people comply with instructions, you really don't fucking follow instructions very well. My father was a homicide SGT of 25 years. Just retired. I am 25. I became a dispatcher, got my four-year degree, and am now looking for a job in crime scene. I don't think I would ever become sworn. It was stressful watching your dad get a call out during a family dinner and having to leave because someone died. We watched his patrol car on the news during pursuits before. It was terrifying. I am in love with the field, but I want a family, and I couldn't put my family what I went through as a kid. It's probably my mom's fault that it scared me so much as well. She really preached the possibility of dad never coming home and how important it was to say goodbye and I love you to him. Which is true, but that makes things so much more scary to a kid. It also I feel really charged my rebellion stage in high school. I did drigs, snuck out, stole, got sent through a juvenile diversion program after an arrest. Looking back on it, I think I just wanted his attention, as cliche as it sounds. He was always working. So any attention was good attention in my eyes. But as I got older and got into the field myself, I get it. I understand. Our relationship is amazing now. I love my dad with all my heart. I just couldn't do that to my family personally, knowing what it felt like firsthand. On this story, I wanted to touch on a little bit into getting in trouble because I think all three of us said, no, Dixon, you did not get in trouble, right? No, me and uh, Gabe here, during teenage years, we got in quite a bit of trouble. And then you, you continued the trend. But I, you know, I straightened out. I will say it's a lot easier to get in trouble when you have friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when I got in trouble, it was a smaller town and dad was, you know, one of what, 10, 15 cops. And I think a bunch of times he just knew it was us because he knew it was our fucking M.O. And so, you know, when the call would come in, so we never did it because we we're, we're stupid. We never did it when he was at home. We always did it when he was working. And he fucking knew it was us. And so, you know, he'd send the other car over and we'd fucking get in trouble. I mean, I I have a juvenile record, a very minor one, you know, because I think there's this perception where like, you know, 
because your your dad's a cop, you're going to get away with shit. That is not what our dad would have wanted. And I'll tell you that right now for my kids. They fucking do the crime, do the time. Yeah, dad gave dad would have given his own mother a ticket for going five over. Like, no fucks given. But yeah. No, I, we had like, I had a lot of vandalism shit as a teenager. And then from there, I've been street racing my whole life. Luckily, this is anonymous, but I've, okay, I've Paul Walker. I don't do that anymore. I have a job that requires I keep a clean license. So since then, I've acquired other hobbies. But sucking dick. Well, yeah. Yep. I will say I have done minorly, minorly illegal. I'm drunk, minorly illegal things. One of my things is urban exploring, or as Lloyd likes to call it, trespassing. Okay. <laughs> you do like going to Wyoming. I only bought my truck there. I don't go to Wyoming. Did it come with Velcro gloves? In the glove box, yes. Mike Sands. I can like the thing about being, you know, they're you know, seeing their dad in pursuits and stuff. I don't think if we saw dad in a pursuit, and I'm not discounting what they're saying, we'd be cheering him on. We're like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Motherfucker. Yeah, we'd be. Yeah, I was just, I was never ever worried about dad, but I think it's just because it's dad. I mean, you guys have heard him on the podcast. He just fucking, he is who he is. Like, no fuck, no fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Zero fucks. All right, Tani, do your fucking job. My father was a state police officer. Most of my life, I wanted to be a cop until halfway through college. Now I'm in law school with the intent on being a prosecutor, so the influence is for sure still there. Growing up as a kid of a cop, it definitely instilled a level of respect for authority and the desire to do good. Wasn't always the easiest, but for most of my life he worked normal hours, which made it easier, but it's such a unique experience most people, without a parent who was a cop, would not understand. In general, society does not understand the stress they face on a daily basis, and how that can, unintentionally, carry over into their home life. Okay, this one I wanted to talk about. I know, you know, I I think as kids you kind of know some issues with your folks. I don't think any of the stress with dad ever had to do with work. No, I, I agree. Yeah, the stress always seemed to be other issues, not work. Probably us. Yeah. I will say, like, dad before I moved out versus dad after I moved out was like a fucking light switch. A completely different person. Like, dad was a hard ass. He was hard on us. He was, you know up our asses making sure we were doing right and doing good the second i graduated and moved out and got on my own life he was my friend (laughs) if everything changed should we talk about i love you (laughs) dad's a dad's a hard ass so i i feel bad getting this person on the podcast but it is funny i know i will start this out saying that i know that dad loves us even you even you, Dixon. He might love me a little bit. And he always has. But he was just never vocal about it. Ever. And I remember about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I don't know how it came up, but I was talking with my car partner. We were talking about it, and I go, wait a second. He's never fucking said I love you. I tell that to my, my kids all the time. And so I, I called these guys up. And they're like, no, he's never said that. You have one exception, but you you can tell that. But then it became a game for me trying to get him to say it. And he never said it. 
And you guys may have realized that when you listened to the, I think it was the first podcast I did with him, where the question was in is, do you love your son? And he said, did he write that in? Because I think he was starting to pick up on like my game of trying to get him to say that. Gabe, you have, you know what, we're not going to get too personal. But so he basically had never said it. And then on Thanksgiving, so two nights ago, so this is uh, November 26th, we were drinking in the garage, listening to Alan Jackson, like all good Americans do on Thanksgiving. And pissing outside as you stand and smoking some darts. Piss outside. Be a man. (laughs) (laughs) We we call dad. And I'll I'll let you tell the story because I think you'll tell it better. Well, I, I don't remember a whole lot, but I called him. I had him on speakerphone with all three of us, and I said, hey, Dad, I love you. And he says, uh, all right, or something like <laughs> something like that. And I said, say it back. And he was like, I did say it back. And I said, say it again. We're all yelling out. <clears throat> yeah, we're all yelling out drunk. And he says, I love you, too. Goodbye. And hangs up. But I will say this. like, I've never felt unloved. I just He just was never vocal about it. I don't know if he actually meant it. I think he just wanted to get us off the phone so he could bang mom. <laughs> anyway, now you know a little more about Lloyd and his brothers. All right. Oh, so by the way, I I actually had two people do the voice messages. And uh, if they listen to this and they hear this in the podcast, send me a message. I will send you a patch. Let me dig those up real quick. I grew up in a police family. My father was a detective in Watertown Police in Boston, right outside of Boston. Um, and I loved the camaraderie. You know, family, the brotherhood. It was a true family back then. We were able to, um, you know, celebrate Christmas at the station. And, you know, we had everyone dressing up as Santa different years and, you know, we all knew who they were, but it was just uh, those memories are something that lasts forever. And it's really not something that you see in today's police fields. Uh, I now myself was just promoted to detective and uh, following in dad's footsteps is a huge honor of mine. I have one question. Does she pack a car in the yard? <laughs> Very good for sending a voice message. Thank you. All right, we'll play the second one in a second. I'm going to let Connie do some work here. This is fucking the epitome of poorly made, by the way. Hi. My dad's a cop, has been for 14 years. My grandpa was a cop before him. Growing up, I always thought that was what I was going to do and follow on their footsteps, but in the recent years with them getting sued right and left for just trying to do their job, my dad has expressed that it's not the job it once was. He tells me to be a firefighter, so does all of his friends that are cops, including my uncle who has been a cop for 15 plus years. I definitely have gotten shit from people when they find out my dad's a police officer, sometimes being singled out when people choose to talk shit about them. And it bothers me a lot, because well, I'm sure you know all the reasons. They've never done the job, they don't know what it's like to deal with the worst kind of people and try to have a good attitude when helping a random person they've never meet, they don't know the emotional and physical and mental toll the job brings with it. I've always stood up for my dad when it comes to people talking shit about them. Part of me still feels like that's what I'm meant to do, I'm going to school to be a firefighter RN, but there's still that part of me that I feel calls to me. My dad has stressed a lot lately that I should stick to firefighting, and that I'm not going to get hated or sued for doing my job. Pros would be I spend a lot of time around cops, they are all humans still under the badge, which a lot of people fail to realize, but they are so blinded by their hate for them. I know a lot of them and they are all good people. 
I honestly believe most of them that do this job are selfless and would lay down their life for their fathers and sisters and people they've never met before. Yes there are those outliers that aren't made like that, but that comes with every profession which people also choose to ignore that fact and judge them by the acts of a few bad ones. So you can obviously tell the uh, writer on this one is young and spells like me. But I, I wanted to say a couple things on this one. I, I wanted to kind of go back for us at least with people giving a shit. Like I remember in a small town, I can't, I feel like there was maybe like a stigma that I felt, but I can't re really remember anybody in school giving me a hard time about that stuff. I will say, and I'm sorry to call you out, dad, but there was a person that I worked with and this was after high school. And I, uh, I, I can't remember her fucking name, but she's a little like maybe two years older than me. And you know, she got in trouble with my dad and she called him high pockets. And it still makes me laugh to this day. I actually uh, worked with a fella on the drilling rigs and uh, talked about where he did his time. And he had mentioned doing time where my dad had been working in the jail. And I mentioned the name High Pockets. And he said, oh, yeah, that's your dad. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I've ran into it. I've ran in. Yeah. Yep, I ran but you know what? This this dude was like cholo left and right. But he was like he was reasonable. Like he if you respected him, he respected you. If you know, if you if you were reasonable with him, he was reasonable with you. So but yeah, he did have that name, high pockets. The other thing I wanted to throw out there to this uh, young person that wrote in is you know, people talking shit and they don't understand. And I think sometimes we need to remember it too. There's just a bunch of douchebags that it doesn't matter what you say to them. They're not going to like cops. Stop giving them the fucking time of day. You're never going to change your mind. And, you know, I know there's part of us that wants to just believe that, you know, all people are, are just okay. Like Luke Bryant says, that was for you, by the way. They're not. And some people are just douchebags and it doesn't matter what you say to them. They're just so fucking hateful. They have no reason. So don't, don't get hung up on that stuff, man. Every, every now and then be the cool cop when you catch some dudes out street racing out in the county where they're not going to hurt anybody. Nobody's out there. There's no houses. There's no nothing. The only people that are going to get hurt are the two people that are racing. So if they fuck up, then they fuck up. It's on them. They're not hurting anybody else. That's all I have to say. I'm going to get yelled at right now. Have you ever done an accident report? I have not. Fuck off then. Same. You're creating hours and days of works work it's my life that's over who cares about your hours of work i do to be fair to be fair he is giving you an opportunity to draw animals you can't draw animals on a fatality wreck you know like i think there's a line where you put the animals you're not gonna put other people at risk is it really a crime yes literally yes i've been caught and i've i've I have uh, accepted the consequences of my actions and I've dealt with it. So I, that's all. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I get it like America and do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, but you get in a wreck and then it closes the road or you damage property or, you know, say you do get killed and you get decapitated. Then we got to look at your fucking dead head. That's fucked up. That's true. That's true. I never thought about that, but yeah, I guess. I guess. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. 
I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. All right, big props to the second person that fucking follows directions. You also get a patch if you listen. And I haven't listened to this yet, so hopefully it's not fucked up. Good afternoon, Lenny and the PMPM podcast listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully it was a safe and delicious holiday for everyone. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone as well. So my father was a police officer during the late 80s, throughout the 90s, into the early 2000s. Growing up as a child, uh, my dad was obviously pretty rough on us because that's just the nature of the beast when you're a cop, in the 90s anyways. There were standards that you kind of lived by, that you were held to, and how you expected your children to behave. So that is both a pro and a con, because that did shape me to who I am today. My experiences as a child of a police officer going to the station, hanging out with the guys, I gained a lot of respect for our law enforcement, military, fire, EMS, all of them. It did influence me to pursue a career in law enforcement. I am currently working in law enforcement. My brother and sister couldn't give two shits about it, but something about it really stuck to me, uh, wanting to serve my community and get out there and go or try to do good things in today's climate. It's a little challenging, but you do what you can. One of the biggest cons, though, as a kid growing up, was if everyone knew that my dad was a cop, I then was also held to that higher standard as a young child and early teenager. So people were quick to criticize or scrutinize your behavior. Other than that, without spending a lot of time to think about it, those would be the the little key things I would say. But also being a kid of a cop from that generation, I love the Crown Vicks, but there's one other car that I would say runs up there with it as a top dog, and that was the old box-style Chevy Caprices. Those things had some get-up-and-go, and they were tanks. Thanks, man. Enjoy what you do. Been listening to you from the start. Keep up, keep up the good work. Your mom was a tank. <laughs> Just kidding. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. You know, I wanted to touch on something as far as, and this isn't exactly what he said, but I never felt like I was held to a higher standard with my dad being a cop. Did you? No, I didn't, but I do feel like kids were more hesitant about saying or doing things in front of me because I was a cop's kid. Are you serious? The shit you and your friends did, you really thought that? Yeah, 100%. Holy fuck, what would you have done? What did you think? Sorry, I'm drunk. Little reaction time issues. Um, I think what he was referring to as far as like higher standards wasn't necessarily his his dad holding him to a higher standard, but more of the community holding to him. Yes. <laughs> well, that's not how Gabe answered it. But yeah, I, I did kind of feel that sometimes like... <laughs> I'm fucking hammered. Fuck you. Um, There were a few times where like, yeah, if I fucked up, people would kind of notice like, oh yeah, the cops kid fucked up. Like for the most part, not really, no. Did 
you think, and I'll answer this for myself, is if if I had any problems making friends be, just because my dad was a cop. And the truth of the matter is this. Loser! You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be because you are dirt. You make me sick, you big baby. Yeah, I had nothing to do with dad. Had nothing to do with that. What about you, Gabe? No, I didn't have any issues. Make friends. I'm pretty cool guy. You're not a cool guy. You're a piece of shit. Now, me, on the other hand, I don't think my lack of friends had anything to do with that. It was more of crippling depression than anything. Jesus Christ. I got dark like a DC movie. <laughs> Depression's funny. All right. Connie, your break's over. My dad has been a cop for 35 plus years. And I'm currently in the police academy, hired by the same agency where he worked his way through the ranks to chief deputy and spent the majority of his career. He never talked much about his job, but I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to be a cop. He hasn't necessarily tried to dissuade me from following in his footsteps, but I know he'd rather I did something else. I thought it was so cool that my dad was a cop and I made sure that all my friends knew that. It had its downsides though, he was extremely protective and suspicious of all my friends, as he should have been, but it was annoying for me as a teen. Also, love the podcast. I've been listening for a couple months, and it's my go-to when I need some entertainment. <laughs> hey, thanks for stroking the ego. I'll come on your back instead of your face. <laughs> hey oh I don't know if you guys can really talk to this because you guys weren't cops. He made one point that I'm, I'm going to wait later because there's somebody else that made it talked about this too, but about telling your friends your dad was a cop. I don't remember really doing that in um, in the big city. In the little city, just everybody knew. I, I will say for my kids, I tried really fucking hard for them not to tell people I was a cop, but they did anyway. Because I think they're proud of it. So I think it's kind of unavoidable. I said it. I told all my friends I was proud of it. And I still am proud of it. Yeah. No shame. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. I will. We've kind of gone over this again, but I think it's just important for people to think about. Not that you can do anything about it. I can actually have some input on the topic of your next episode on the kid of a cop. My dad's a 36-year veteran, and so for all my life he's been a cop. I'm 21 and have started applying to departments. I think the toughest part as a kid was definitely when he was late coming home, I'd start to worry about if something had happened to him since he works in a somewhat violent town. Of course not having at home for Christmas morning, Thanksgiving, and missing hockey games sucks, but most kids of parents in Ellie experience that. And as Gabe said, it's parents in other professions too. All right, Connie's got another one for us. My dad was a cop in upstate New York for 20 years. Never wanted his kids to become cops, but cried from being proud when I told him I wanted to. I've been a cop for four years now, and he has been one of my number one supporters. Growing up with him was interesting. I remember riding in the back of his unit for parades, seeing him at work, and not really being able to hug or kiss him in uniform, that may just be the military in him, and him never parking his unit at our house despite having a take-home because he was afraid of making his family a target. He never really spoke much about his career with us outside of being on the news or doing cool overtime details for concerts and celebrities. It makes me wonder, sometimes what kinds of things he keeps in the back of his mind. I get a lot my influences and ways of doing things from him. Having this job has made me feel closer to him than ever as we have a connection that no one else around us will ever be able to understand. Being father-slash-daughter and brother-slash-sister-in-blue is a whole different dynamic. He worries about me, but yet worries about me the least out of all of his kids at the same time because he knows I can handle my own. 
He's always there for me to talk to and always uses his experience to offer advice when needed. I love him and I'm so happy I can share this lifestyle with him. All right. So this is a genuine question I have for my brothers because I got to be honest. I feel like the thing that me and my dad most bond over is police stuff. And, you know, if something happens or we know people in the news that stuff happened to, we can we can discuss it now that I'm out. But I got to be honest, I don't really talk about too much other things besides policing on the phone. I mean, do you? I'll be honest. My dad's the guy at parties that he'll just he'll tell everybody his favorite stories. A lot of us don't like telling war stories. He fucking loves it. He's just different, man. He, as the kids say, he's built different. But I mean, does dad have normal conversations with you or is it all revolve around policing? Not necessary not necessarily policing, but work. Um I've had a lot of uh in the industry that I'm in now, it's more competitive than anything I've ever been a part of. So I've been that like, well, yeah, that's pretty competitive, but I've been uh, attempted to be recruited by a couple different competitors in the last few years. And I always call him and, and he talks me through it, keeps me level headed and kind of weighs out the pros and cons. Like if I should stay where I'm at or if I should go to this other company and this and that. So like he's he's a good person to talk to about work in general. But I mean, he's also giving me good advice on parenting too so i I mean it's a lot of what he likes to talk about is police stuff but it's not everything i'm kind of afraid he's gonna listen to this one so dad i'm sorry but the high pockets thing is funny what what do you got for that dixon does he does he talk about you talk about policing stuff to you that's kind of the main thing i mean when i mentioned that i that i that i worked into in detentions for a while it was with him um a lot of our conversations usually revolve him wanting me to come back just because apparently I was a decent officer and there's staffing issues, but I've never really kind of had the relationship that, that you guys have with them. I'm I'm not super close with anyone. And like, I'm, and that's, that's just how I am. I, I'm more of a loner, whether it be with friends, family, whatever, I don't get close with anyone. So One we, I, I kind of forgot where I was going with this because I'm drunk, but uh, yeah, we we haven't really talked about much outside of outside of his work or my work. I'll, I'll tell him what I'm doing, but he's not typically interested because it's not policing. <laughs> By the way, ladies, Dixon is single and ready to mingle. I'm not ready to mingle. Stay away from me. You won't like it. God damn, I'm trying to help her brother out. Yeah, he's not available, so they want him. <laughs> All right, Connie, hurry up. My dad is an officer, actually chief in a town I live near. He's been in LE since I was born and it's definitely influenced my decisions and life choices. I'm in the process of becoming a LEO myself and I have a deep respect for the profession and for other things in general. Growing up was a little difficult, with not being able to get away with anything and with others looking down on my family and I, but I'm very thankful for him and for what I've learned. I could go on and on about it, but I think that growing up with a father in law enforcement has positively impacted me. I think for us, me, and this is a little personal, but I think what had a huge impact on us, not only dad being a cop, but actually, I've never talked to you about this, Dixon, so I'd be curious what your take is. We lived in a big city, and we moved to a smaller town. I thought initially, I hated it. Initially, I fucking hated it, but as time went on, I think that was a really good thing to happen for us boys specifically. I think it was good on us. What do you think about that? Are you asking about 
if I like to move into a smaller town. Sorry, I'm drunk. You have to ask me very directly. Dixon, did you like living in a small town? I liked the initial change, but there was the boredom associated with it. As far as like not having as many people that didn't really affect me, because like I said, I'm always been a loner, so less people is probably a better thing. What are your thoughts on growing up in a small town? So I've, I've thought about this a lot. And uh, we grew, we initially, we started life in the suburbs of a bigger urban area near Denver. We were going down a bad path, I think. I was, I was going down a bad path. The people that I was hanging out with, I mean, I, we moved when I was 11, and the kids that were hanging out with were doing drugs at 11. Moved to. Wait, wait, hold on a second. They were doing what? Drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. where'd you learn that cheech drug school yeah so um initially i was very angry about the move because i was close to my friends and i didn't know any better but we moved to a smaller town there was different values different things going on and looking back from my dad's you know looking back as a parent i'm like man that was the best thing he could have done for us get us away from that environment, bring us to a smaller town, more conservative environment, get us away from all the bullshit. I mean, I think, what are you looking up here? Just do your thing. All right. Well, yeah, no, I am very grateful for being moved out into a smaller town and learning different values. A hundred percent. Move out of the big city. Move to a small town. Be man. Be man. Be man. All right, Dix. Or no, your name's not Dixie. Connie. Wait, is it Connie? That's Connie. Saw your post about being the kid of a cop. My dad was, worked a full 25. Mom always worked in the offices. Growing up was different when you're the kid of a cop. All these things we now preach in terms of mental health were not common back then. I was often ostracized by my peers simply due to association. I always knew I wanted to be a cop too, and my parents with their intimate knowledge of what the career does and how it affects the person, their family, and friends were highly against it but supported my choice. I have been a member for five years now and honestly think that I am better prepared because of my upbringing. Several of my childhood buddies had cop parents too, they also followed their parents' career path and became a cop. If there is any advice I have for someone wanting to follow their parents' footsteps, it is that you are not your parents. You did not earn their experiences and simply being the kid of a cop doesn't mean you know how it all works. Ditch your ego and earn your own experience and talent. Use the wisdom of your parents to take care of yourself and you'll take the career as far as you want. No one likes the cops who ride coattails of others. It is blatantly obvious when cops pull the daddy card, whether or not they intend to. Be yourself and get after it. I don't have kids yet, but agree, I wouldn't want my kids to be a cop. If they choose it, then I think I'd do the same thing my parents did and just be supportive. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, obviously my dad was a cop. But I went to a different agency, so I think that was less in play. Like, oh, your dad was a cop. A couple people, by happen chance, knew who my dad was because they worked at that agency or some of those agencies, and then they lateraled to where I went. You would see that. I felt bad for the guys that went to the department and their dads were cops on that department because guys automatically assume, like, oh, they only got hired because of their dad, which, I mean, if you knew the high, like, at least where I worked, that in theory shouldn't happen but it you know people still think that so you i think that's good advice as far as like you cannot 
you know, think that just because your dad was a big shot doesn't mean you're going to be a big shot. But I think we also have to remember that if somebody comes on, like you can't just assume they suck because their dad or they're, you know, riding their dad's coattails unless they do. So just be fair with that. So I thought that was a good overall message. But as far as the advantage, I think I personally think I was better because of my dad. I that's just my humble opinion is because of what he taught me about policing and his the way he thought about policing and stuff like I I think any of us could have transitioned to be cops based on what we heard from our our dad because he did it the right way and continues to do it the right way so I think I don't know I by the way I think it's a good time to mention so I did a poll associated with these questions and obviously it's not scientific people could have lied about it but I asked if you became a cop if you're you know if your dad was a cop or mom was a cop and out of those that answered, 75% said that they did. It's a big fucking number. That's a big percentage of people that are basically following in the footsteps. I don't know if that's true within all of law enforcement. I would guess it's like in the 40s. I would guess. I have no idea. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just my thought on it. Is if, if your parents are a cop, you probably, at least if you listen to him, you might give you a heads up. But I do, I do think there's those examples of people that like, oh, my dad was a cop, so I'm automatically a good cop. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, guys. I mean, I don't have anything directly on being a cop, and maybe this speaks more on dad himself than it does the profession of law enforcement, but I feel like my work ethic is 100% tied to dad. Like, dad always did the right thing no matter what, and he didn't give a fuck who it pissed off. He did the right thing, and that has pushed me to do the right thing in every job that i've ever had except street racing well that's not a job but i mean every job i've ever had i've always wanted to do the right thing because that's all i ever saw tell me if this sounds familiar don't do shit half-assed <laughs> that that was his his catchphrase for us and i think that stuck with all of us is we all generally have an attention to detail it didn't stick with me look at the spelling and grammar on my memes that's fair I do those consistently have to, not on purpose. I only named it poorly made because I know where I was going to do it half-assed. <laughs> I would have come up with a much better name, but it would be a lot easier to do shit half-assed like half of my fucking coworkers. But I do things full-assed because my dad is full-assed and high-pocketed. He is full-assed and high-pocketed. That is the name of this podcast. <laughs> yeah go pee don't pee in my basement go out, outside be out go outside at least Just outside. jesus christ don't fall over humpty dumpty <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i would say as far as dad's work ethic i i and this is we'll talk about this huh it is unmatched but it, it was inspirational on my part and you know i think when i was younger you know, you guys will hear about this later in a podcast coming up about how I was kind of a dirt bag and not a dirt bag, but I was just kind of unguided. I was a piece of shit. Yeah, I was unguided and I didn't always do um, what I should do. But as an adult, when I kind of squared myself away, you know, I. Thanks, dog. I think I would do stuff at work, too. And people are like, why are you doing all this? Because I can and what I'm supposed to do. 
and, and even with like this podcast, people would be like, well, why do you do that? Because I should, you know, I don't, I don't have to do some of the things I do as far as getting like behind the scenes stuff shit on this podcast. But it's like, if I don't do it that way, the right way, it's because that's like the example dad set. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, and I think that's something that we all have to realize. And, I, you know, we talked about parenting on this podcast a lot. I am not by any means a perfect parent and there's things I need to do and get better at. But you got to remember your kids are fucking sponges and they are watching everything you do. I mean, it's a, it's a common like thing to say, but they're not listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. You can tell them everything till they're blue in the face. They're not listening. They're watching what you do in action. So for sure, like, I had resentment towards my dad as a teenager, you know, watching like the way he was hard on me and this and that. But like, man, I couldn't appreciate it more as an adult. For shizzle. All right. Dixon is back. Didn't fall over. over, Did not crack. I feel like I could out drink, you know, he can. I've had a lot more than you have. I drink consistently, though. Have you fucking met me? Every day. Like, I, I should probably stop talking. <laughs> and I'm half your body weight. Not fat, I'm big bone. Take the bus. It's me and my brother. Bus and Mr. Lee, they could kill one another. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, but we can't be involved with murder. Exactly. Mr. Lee, is this you talking or the liquor? Randy. Randers, we are the liquor. All right. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Kirkland Irish Whiskey. (laughs) I believe that in the last few podcasts, he talked shit about my Costco membership, said I was a suburban white father, and made fun of my Kirkland whiskeys, but they are fucking good. And you need to admit it. Would you mind telling us what kind of shoes you're wearing right now? They're hey dudes. <laughs> no further questions. They're Crocs for men. I'm wearing my American Crocs, by the way. <laughs> Gay dudes are the most comfortable shoes on the planet. Fight me. To be fair. To be fair. They're gay. All right. I guarantee you next time I come back, both of you... I'm sorry. (laughs) That one's getting edited. Both of you men of a persuasion that involves having sex with other men are going to be wearing Hey Dudes. Heterosexually challenged. That's a better way to put it. (laughs) By the way, you guys know I love gay people. 20. As a kid of a cop, I am a cop at the same department my dad retired from. Pros gives a first-hand perspective on a career path. Fun to do ride-alongs. The guys my dad worked with were like a second family to us. Gives a different aspect on life. I learned at a young age how big of a sacrifice LEOs and their families make on a daily basis. Cons, I had to understand my dad was going to miss some things, sports, holidays, life events. As I got older and he got more burnt out at work, I remember him becoming disengaged at home, something I tried to remember to prevent for my family. He also had times where he was short-tempered. He often worked weird shifts and had a weird sleep schedule. 
Other cons, my dad wouldn't let me do certain things because of his safety concerns that were sometimes a little irrational and based on an incident he dealt with at work. Other pros, the type of individual it takes to be a cop is generally very selfless. He was very giving, always sacrificing his time. This one reminded me of a... Uh, one of the other things we were talking about and I forgot to bring up just recently is the mental health. I don't, we talked about it. My, I, my dad didn't really seem to bring home the stressful stuff at all that I remembered, which I don't know. I gotta be honest. I probably did. I didn't do as good of a job as he did, but the mental health stuff, I feel like probably through all professions, just nobody gave a shit about or name. It wasn't even a thing or I, I don't know, but I just I don't remember that ever being talked about in policing, at least what I heard from my dad. You know, he talked about the camaraderie and everybody had nicknames and stuff. But I will say when I was going through, you know, if I'm going to leave or stay, my dad was really cool about it as being a 90s cop guy. And he said, hey, you got to do what's you know, best for your mental health, too, which was cool to hear from uh, an old timer. I don't even know if I want to repeat the story. Gabe, but do you remember the conversation you had with me after your friend's funeral in the garage? Which friend? I don't know. You had some friend and he had a funeral and he died untimely and you had a conversation with me in the garage in Colorado. How, how long ago was this? Like a year and a half ago, two years. I don't remember this. I'll be honest. I'm fucked up right now, but Let's get into the DC universe, folks. You had a friend that killed himself. You had a friend that killed himself, or maybe your wife's friend killed himself. And uh, you were like, hey, man, don't kill yourself. I was like, fuck, man. Do people know I'm thinking about that? <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, it's cool that, you know, he knew I was having a hard time. And it was cool that people kind of recognize that stuff. And that's what you're talking about now. Yeah. And uh, my wife did have a friend that ended his life. And I mean, I, I was just blown away. And and actually, I have a friend that ended his life less than 10 days ago. Oh, and that I, I have a funeral to go to when I get home. And uh, just a guy that I worked with. And I mean, it's. It's always the guys that are laughing the most, that are the happiest on the outside. And the la the last one, nobody believes it. Like his parents don't believe it. Like nobody believes it. It's they think it was an accident. And I mean it may it may have been an accident, but it's it's insane. Like like the, the people that you would not think you have to worry about are the people you have to worry about. I'll just put it that way. Because I'm fucking blown away. Like I still don't believe it. And and despite the, I mean, it's you guys know the gallows humor. I made a joke about it. I'm fine. I don't need a million messages. But you know, anybody that's in the podcast, you guys know I've been there. But I I think really what I wanted to get out is fucking go check on your friends, man. Make sure they're good. I took a dark twist. Nope. <laughs> Son of a sheriff deputy father and detention deputy stepmother. I idolized my dad and his job when I was younger. I loved riding around in the squad car when possible and getting to meet the K-9 units at events. As I grew up, he became more aggressive. He started lashing out at the family more and specifically more towards me. Subconsciously, I feel I started associating the job with how he was treating me. 
In my teen years, I started to resent the fact that he loved his job so much. That he enjoyed what was making him such a horrible father. I hated the idea of becoming part of law enforcement. I swore I would never. Now, I'm a corrections officer with goals of becoming a sheriff deputy. I love my job. I love this career and realized that despite everything, my dad was a good dad. He gave up time with his family. He gave up making memories. He gave up a lot. For the sake of others. That's kind of a heavy one. It's, uh, you know, not to make a joke, but it's one of those that had me in the first half ones. I think a point that we need to realize is, oh, we're opening the liquor because it's getting heavy here. Is don't fucking take it out on your kids. The second part on it is despite everything, you realize his dad was a good dad. So just because you fucked up doesn't mean you should continue to fuck up. You you can unfuck everything. You can fucking fix almost anything. So and I think most of us in retrospect, you know, maybe kids don't understand, but as adults, you can be like, yeah, dad kind of fucked that up, but he's a human being, you know? And if, if you're one of those people that you micro or, or you think about everything that anyone's ever said and you put it under a microscope, realize you're wrong because people will fuck up. People will say things they don't mean. Nobody's perfect kind of thing. So fix it. If you're fucked up, fixed it is, is the first part of that. And then the second part of that, as far as giving up memories, that kind of fucking bums me out, man. I mean, from the giving up memories thing, I can personally speak on that. I'm about to give up the highest paying job I've ever had in my life to take a job that will pay me less and give me less hours so I can be around my family more because I can see it happening. I can see my kids forgetting who I am when I come home after an 80 hour week, I can, I can see it happening. So I'm, I'm currently in the process of switching jobs to be home more to prevent that. Yeah. I think there's something to say about serving others, but there's also something to say about serving yourself. And that's not a masturbation joke. That is, God damn it. I ruined the moment, but that's, that's taking care of your family, you know, it's good to serve the community and take care of people, but don't fucking forget about the people at home. Oh, hey there. The holiday season is upon us. Bedazzle your Christmas tree with PMPM ornaments via K Fonta Designs. Or get your friends, co-workers, and family PMPM merch. Or fuck everyone and treat yourself. For the nerds like me in your life, Get them the gift of a PMPM coin or patch from Ghost Patch. Otherwise, check out the huge selection of mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, and more in the Poorly Made Police Meme Spring Shot. Links to these in the podcast description and in the bio of Poorly Made Police Memes on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll be back to the podcast. I'm the kid of a career cop. I'm 45 now, and he's retired. I remember having very vivid concerns as a child that he was murdered in the night while on the job and that I would never see him again. I dealt with it, I grew up, and I eventually became a cop myself. After about 10 years, with a badge I was shot multiple times in the line of duty and very nearly murdered. My kids were, at the time, about the same age I was when I lay in bed wondering if I would see my father in the morning. 
Well that story ends well enough, my kids are adults now and starting to make their way in the world, and I'm medically retired. But at the end of the day I'm happy that neither of my boys went into law enforcement. These days, the politics of the left are making the job dreadful and dangerous. I'm surprised the suicide rate isn't higher right now to be honest. It's hard for me to encourage anyone to go into that field unless they absolutely can't imagine doing anything else. I don't really know how to follow that one up. I'm uh, I'm glad you made it, buddy. As the suicide rate going up thing, I'm glad it's not going up. I know it's way higher than it should be, and we talked about it on the podcast. But I, I think, you know, for anybody that's, you know, kind of going down the dark path, is maybe this is a moment of, of clarity to kind of take a step back. As my brother said, you can unfuck anything. This job is not worth your fucking life, for sure. And uh, fuck these people. Fucking quit if you don't need to do it, you know? Be a man. Be a man. Quit the fucking job. Fuck these people. All right. Here's the last one, and we're going to lighten the mood a little bit. And I don't know if I made your cutoff, but I can tell you this about being an LEO kid. Nothing could take away the pride I had in my dad and grandpa for being cops. When I was in high school, my dad was the SRO. During 9 to 11, my dad responded from New Jersey as mutual aid. I came back from Iraq in 2010 and told my dad I wanted to pursue LE. And he had a real talk that it's not about the uniform or the pay, because Lord knows we don't do it for the cash, he made sure that I wanted to do it for the right reasons. I left New Jersey to move to Maryland in 2011 and within 13 almost 14 years I built my own name and reputation as a police officer, criminal investigator, then worked my way up to lieutenant where I stand now. Found my passion in search and rescue and created a well-respected team from scratch. Now as a commander, I focus on building officers up and having them learn from mistakes, like we all have made. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for that pride I had in my dad. Well fucking said. But now that you're, you know, you're admin, I know you're fucking the new, new chick. Just kidding. But good job, man. All right. I don't know. Do you guys have any final thoughts on uh, being the kid of a cop? Any wisdom you'd pass on so people know what they're subjecting their children to? Um, if, if, if I can give any advice to any folks that are parenting kids that are law enforcement officers, sugarcoat it. Don't make your kids feel sorry for you. Don't make your kids know everything that you're going through because they're going to worry the shit out of themselves. My dad made it easy on us. So I don't know. That might be shitty advice, but I mean, it, it worked for us. You know, you had me at the first half because I was like, sugarcoat it, fuck you. But it made a whole lot of sense. I got to be honest, though. I don't think dad sugarcoated it. I think dad went through and goes through his whole entire career with rose-colored glasses. I don't I don't think he sugarcoated it either. I think he just didn't bring the stress from the job home, which I guess would apply as advice for anyone, really, like, leave your work drama at work and leave your home drama at home. Don't bring your home drama to work either. Dad, dad was and still is a badass, and he's, he's a different breed. He's, as the kids would say these days, he's built different. Bet. On God, fam. No cap. <laughs> you know, he ain't capping. <laughs> that was the best. 30 seconds of comedy, except my sex life. Hello. All right. So that was um 
positive, then negative, and then positive again. I think my brothers here need to answer the questions that I subject everyone else to. And I'm I know what's gonna happen on one of these. So hold we'll get to it. Fucking calm down. Um all right. I can't ask you guys cop based questions. But I'm gonna try and change it up a little bit for you. What's the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life? Stupidest thing I've ever done? Yeah. I'm gonna pull a card out of dad's pocket. And I've never made a mistake. I've made decisions. And every decision I've made has led to where I'm sitting right now at this moment in life. And I have to own that. And yeah, it is what it is. But I will say driving drunk and getting a DUI, that was pretty fucking stupid. I made a decision to drive drunk. Well, here's the thing. In my defense, I did not make that decision. So I went out. With a bunch of new co-workers, gave them my keys, told them, do not let me drive. I'm sleeping on your couch. I woke up in front of a police car. They handed me my keys, blacked out. I was blacked out drunk. I got a DUI. I own it. But I was put in a position by shitty friends. You already got charged. Okay. No one's. It's over. I'm not lying. Like, that's 100% truth. Okay. No cap. no cap. No cap, Your Honor. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> I am big man. All right. Dixon, what's the biggest mistake you made in your life? Overestimating my pullout game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the <laughs> Why are you gay? But real talk, my biggest mistake in my life was not getting into big Bitcoin when it was a meme and worth fractions of a cent because I knew about it back then. I'm pretty mad about that. I've lost so much money in the stocks. Go buy merch so I can. Yeah, I bought too many stocks. Go buy merch so you can pay for my mistakes and get some nice stuff. What is something you wish you knew when you were younger that you know now? That would have made your life easier. Um, There's always more than one option. Like as a kid, you're directed in school to feel like there's only one option. That's going to college. You have to go to college or you're going to be a piece of shit. You're not going to make anything of your life. But I make a lot more money than a lot of my friends that went to college. And I'm doing a lot better. I'm a lot happier. So just know that there's more than one direction to go and fuck the conventional path that they try and force upon you. Dixon, what's something you wish you knew when you're younger that you know now? Kind of on the same path as Gabe. Um, One fuck up does not ruin your life. You can always bounce back and recover. That was for you, Toby, you piece of shit. Fuck, Toby. Thank you for your service, Ben. (laughs) I was wondering how long that took. Toby, whatever you're underneath and however heavy it is, Toby, um, Ben can definitely pick it up because he's strong as fuck. (laughs) 
All right. So, oh, you weren't here for this. So, well, you know about it. So, on Thanksgiving, I was talking to the uh, some of the regulars. You may know them from Drunksgiving. And uh, we were on a little group chat phone call thing. And uh, Dixon, I said, hey, you know, you want to meet them kind of thing. And he sees fucking Ben. And the first thing out of his mouth was, thanks for your service, Ben. <laughs> and then uh, I recorded a special message from uh, Gabe here, thanking him for his service, too. <laughs> this can be of any job you guys had. But what's the proudest memory of your working career? Um, it would be, so I, I worked on the drilling rigs for years. I, I came up from nothing from a non-oil field family. I worked my way up the driller and fucking, yep, here we go. Let's just play it. Just get it. <laughs> Gay! Yeah. Any of you dudes out there that have actually worked on a drilling rig that have made it up to driller would know how hard it was to accomplish that. So that's a pretty proud moment in career wise, but proudest moment of my life, marrying my wife. She's amazing. She's awesome. <laughs> gay! Well, except for her vagina. It's not gay. What's the proudest moment of your career? Uh, this one's actually pretty easy to answer. Uh, last year I was actually named employee of the year for the company that I work for. Look at you, buddy. That is pretty gay, but it also deserves. Our uncle is gay, and he's probably one of the coolest dudes I know. He is. And that's a shout out to you, because I know you're going to listen to it, especially when you see it's going to be all three of us fucking DGens. We miss you, man. It's, uh, can't wait to see you again. You are the coolest uncle ever, like straight up. Awesome. Not straight up. Straight up. Gay up. Gay up. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care that you're gay. We think it's awesome. Keep banging dudes, having fun. Like, we love you, man. Ha! Gay? <laughs> but seriously, our uncle's cool as shit. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate a little bit. We're gonna continue to ask these questions, but I'm gonna forget because I've been drinking a little bit. What is your uh and this is I don't I'm not like stroking my ego, but just for the, the millions of people out there. Stroking me ego. I said stroking me ego. Stroking me ego. Pirate? I'm a butt pirate. Yeah. Look at that booty. <laughs> um but for the millions of listeners, and you guys each have your take, what do you remember Lloyd as as a kid? And what's your, your memories of Lloyd as a kid? Do you have like a core memory of, like, I guess a, a story of us. I remember you being an absolute shit pig. <laughs> there was one time we were cleaning your room and there was a fork stuck to the carpet that we had to cut off with scissors. <laughs> Side note, I yell at my oldest for that right now. Like, that's disgusting. Who would ever do that? Uh, my core memories are your 1978 Mustang too, with the <laughs> with the fan belt that would sound like engine squirrels. Engine squirrels is what we call them. Yeah, driving us around like we were. Dude, our parents let us drive around and do whatever the fuck we wanted. They trusted us, and we didn't do anything too terrible. But we we could have done a lot worse. I see the disapproving look you're giving me. 
with your horrible walrus mustache. <laughs> but it's only a walrus mustache because I'm fat. I'm just saying. The the Mustang too, cruising around. Good times. Good times. All right. This doesn't involve the story doesn't involve you, Dixon. But when uh I remember I think it was in mom's station wagon. We went to these girls' house. And I you he probably could have died. I was 16 or 17, just had my driver's license. 14. And our friend who was 15 without a driver's license came with us. He did not drink. But me and Gabe here, Gabriel, we drank a lot. And I obviously had a somewhat of a moral compass. It's like, well, I'm not driving drunk. So our friend, without a driver's license, drove us home 10 miles. I fell down the stairs that night. I could have died. I could. Like, that was a different night. I wasn't there. Different night. That was the night the people you were with, uh, a good friend of the podcast, rhymes with, he was with you. He told me about it. Yeah, I fell down the stairs. Could have easily died that night. Thank God I didn't. Thanks for saving his life. Thanks for almost killing my brother. But anyway, I, uh, I, um, we, he used to drink a lot. Me? Yeah. Oh, I still do. <laughs> so anyway, our friend drives us home and that was terrifying enough, but we noticed as we got to our house that the lights were on and my dad was watching TV. So we didn't want to alert him to the fact that our friend was driving so we parked the car a block away and we pushed the car because that made more sense because that would be quieter. Mm-hmm. We pushed the car, said that Gabriel was a little sick, which he was, had some food poisoning, and he went to bed. Didn't end well. I walked in. Dad saw it right away. I said I was sick. We had Taco Bell. I was vomiting, blah, blah, blah. He came in and instantly did roadside tests on me in the bedroom and uh, quickly discovered that I was fucking hammered. I didn't know that. I continued to lie to him. I was grounded for like a month. Holy fuck. I didn't know that because he left and went upstairs. And I remember uh, me and our friend were watching Pink Floyd the Wall. You came out to watch it with us and you puked. That's a... I'd probably do the same thing today, to be honest. Fuck you. It's a fucking beautiful story. If I recall correctly, I might remember the aftermath of the story. Is this the time that you had that really bad hangover and dad would not let you have anything for it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was fucked up. I was puking all over the place. And he knew exactly why. And he was up my ass about it. And it didn't do anything because I'm still a uh, lush. So sorry. <laughs> so uh, you didn't do anything good for us. <laughs> Would you want your kid to be a cop? For the right reasons, yes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk him away from it. <clears throat> I mean, like I'm not a cop, but they know you're a cop. Whether you are right now or not, they know you're a fucking cop. You're a fucking cop. Who, me? Yes. Whether you are a cop at the moment or not, you're a fucking cop. You know what I mean? 
You know what I mean. Do cops wear Crocs? I'm sure they do on their off time. Do cops have toy police cars in the basement? Is a pig's pussy pork? So, yeah, I mean, I, I would. I mean, if they were to follow in dad's footsteps and yours, it wouldn't offend me at all. But I am ho- I am optimistic and I'm hoping that the future of policing is better than what it is now. And I know my, my boys are bad motherfuckers and they would take care of the streets. Dixon. No one wants to touch my pee pee. I don't really have kids out of my kids without naming them. Maybe name what order they are. I'm curious. How, which ones would, which, which would my kids you think would be, most likely first second third or fourth first honestly second really newer question on the podcast ghost or alien encounters do you have any gabe no because i'm not a fucking idiot and i know that ghosts and aliens are not real not even aliens the whole entire universe you're telling me there's not that like mathematically speaking it's very likely that there are aliens and I've never had an experience one with one, but ghosts. I mean, we're in the oldest fucking house in Iowa right now, and nobody's done a thing to fucking convince me that there's someone else here. So I think if you're a fucking ghost hunter, you're probably hunting for dicks too. Jesus, tell us how you really feel. Aliens, no. Anal probes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As far as ghosts go, yes, I have had a, a ghost experience, and kids, don't don't play with Ouija boards. It ends poorly. Are you going to tell us? Sure thing. <laughs> uh, no, me and my friends were fucking around with a Ouija board, and this was, oh, God, about 15 years ago, and one of our friends had a fully fully charged phone with her. All of a sudden, it just shuts off, and we're weirded out by this. Like, all right, let's get out of here. Cause we were at this like old abandoned house. Like it wasn't even a house. It's more of like a burned down foundation. So we get back to the house, charge the phone and there's a voicemail and no missed calls and the voicemail we play it. And it's just like a loud panting. And then a scream It was weird. That sounds like your mom called. That's our mom, sir. A comment. All right, Gabriel, the moment you've been waiting two years for almost. In your opinion, what is the best patrol car of all time? All right. So all y'all like to rave about the Crown Vic, and you know nothing about cars. (laughs) Nothing. We're talking about maximum 225 horsepower of raw garbage going through a piece of shit fucking Ford. Caprice PPV 2012 plus 400 horse LS engine. Fucking getting after it. Are you kidding me? You could you could convince you couldn't convince me, but I'm a god caprice. I'm no, a what about the nineties caprice? Oh 195 horsepower? Whoopty fucking do. The newer Corvette engines. Do you know Corvette engine is just a fucking thing that you know that. if you know anything about cars? Keep keep hitting that. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
the crown victoria at its fucking peak made 225 horsepower it's fucking that is embarrassing that is embarrassing no no do you know that do you know your average economy car that comes out today makes 225 horsepower with four cylinders and you made that with eight garbage straight garbage any car guy that knows anything about cars Dixie's truck has a four banger in it and it makes more horsepower than that. To be fair, it does have a 10 speed transmission and it's a turbo. It doesn't matter. The Caprice PPV, which would be 2012 and up Caprice, 400 horse. You put those two side by side, there's no fucking comparison. It's fucking it is embarrassing that you think that's Hold right. On. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That's all you got. Nobody panic. Nobody panic. Okay, hear me out. Have you driven the new Caprice? I have. Where? I have friends that have them. I have friends that have them. Dude, I have an LS engine in my car that makes 1,100 horsepower on 20 pounds of boost. I mean, dude, I've driven... I've driven the I've driven the Crown Vicks and the CSP. You've driven my Crown Vic. No, which is fucking garbage. Yeah, of course it is. I have it's offered. I have offered to fix it for you. Fix it right now, bitch. Tell me what you need, and I'll bring tools and I'll fix it. Everything. I could fix everything on that, and it would not compete. <laughs> it wouldn't. I could fix. I could. I could restore that car. To peak performance and would not compete with the LS powered Caprice. Okay. Here's the thing you don't understand about Caprices because I've driven a Caprice and the Crown Vic. A Caprice has no soul. It's like a ginger. It's like Ben. It has no soul. I'm just kidding, Ben. Thanks for your service. You have no soul when you don't have enough power to break the tires loose. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, when we took the Vicks and the Caprices head to head, on a road course, the VIX won because they do not handle and they have, or the, the Caprices do not handle. The computer tries to take over and they have no soul. There's a button. It's called traction control, you fuck. Turn it off. The department doesn't let you. Fuck the department. Yes, I agree with that. I do agree with that statement. Fuck that department. The literally makes double the horsepower. I drove both. I'm telling you right now, Crown Vic for life. Now, the men. Yes, obviously, but I drove the other cars like the Explorers and the Tahoes. Fuck yeah, I take up Caprice over those, but it just didn't have the same soul as the Caprice or as the, the Vic, and you don't understand. Car guys, you've got my back. The Crown Victoria is fucking junk. The two valve four six is fucking garbage. Two hundred twenty five horsepower of raw. Dick sucking garbage. Car guys will have my back. You're gonna get canceled off this podcast. Every comment about this podcast, all the things that have been said before, every single comment in the Instagram review will be hate on you, and it's all deserved. You've well, talked enough. That's all people that don't know shit about cars. Maybe you don't know everything you think you know. I'm pretty sure I do. Dixon, what's your opinion? What's the best patrol car of all time? Clearly a Ford Explorer. Ah, yeah. It's fucking embarrassing!
I'm just kidding. like uh, the with the most iconic patrol car is obviously the Crown Vic. It's iconic. Yeah! All right, if you want to run your mouth, my wife has a Dodge Durango with a 3.6 V6. Tomorrow morning, I will put a bigger gap on your fucking Crown Vic than you could ever imagine with my wife's Dodge Durango with a V6. I will eat that ass like fucking I don't even know what to say. Are you bragging about beating a 20-year-old car? Well, the car that's the best in the fleet, according to you, the fastest motherfucker out there. Yeah. It's a 20-year-old car that needs new tires. So now the excuses are coming out. <laughs> now it's not the baddest motherfucker out there. You want a street race? Absolutely. There will be no street racing because that's illegal. Okay, that's uh, not allowed. Allegedly. Works for your narrative. I hope nobody heard anything you said just heard the buzzer. All right. We've already heard about Dixon's poop story. You got a good poop story, you crown Vic hating son of a bitch? I do. So, on... uh... My most current job. I, I mean, I'm obviously oil and gas. I I had to take a shit. I was driving around, had to take a shit. Could not find a location with a porta shitter. I found a building on a oil and gas production location, and I thought that I would take a bucket in there and shit in that bucket. Nobody around. I had been there for hours. Haven't seen a fucking soul. I go into this building. I set the bucket down. I the bucket. I start shitting. Instantly, the door flies open. <laughs> a guy walks in, and I tell him, hey, man. I tell him, hey, man, you don't want to be in here. He comes in, takes a whiff, and he goes, what the fuck? Walks outside. I wipe my ass, throw it in the bucket. I walk out with the bucket. I say, sorry, man, I had no other choice. Ends up, this guy's the superintendent of the area that I'm working for. And the way that I met him was sitting on a bucket, taking a shit in a building that I shouldn't have been in. The end. (laughs) That's a great poop story, but you didn't shit your pants. Let's hear about you shitting your pants. Honestly, I've had plenty of sharts. If you call that shit in your pants, I've I've shit my pants a hundred times. <laughs> if shit in your pants is cool, I'm Miles Davis. This this may be an unpopular opinion, and this also applies to both times that I've shit myself as an adult. No, I'm of the opinion that you haven't shit your pants unless you have to throw your underwear away. I might be being a little bit liberal with the definition of shitting your pants. That being said, I do have a good poop story if everyone wants to hear it. Say no more. (laughs) This isn't necessarily poop in my pants, but it was an unfortunate poop. I was uh, taking a girl home from a date in the rural area. We had had Mexican food. My my tummy was a-rumbling. We were nowhere near a bathroom, and... I did what I had to do. I pulled over on the side of the road and shit on the side of the road with her looking on in horror. There was no, 
There was no second date. <laughs> Can we talk about poop box or shit box? <laughs> shit box. All right. So, uh, Dixon had graduated high school. I had an apartment in a decently sized community in Colorado. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to let you move in. We're going to have a party tonight. You're moving in, right? So we have a party. Uh, The cops end up getting called. I get a ticket for providing alcohol to minors. Dixon gets a ticket for consumption as a minor. Dixon was like the cops were, I don't know. Dixon had had like two beers and the cops. We had a. Uh, he can correct me later. But Dixon was honest when he didn't have to be. And they still gave him a ticket. And they still gave me a ticket. Anyway, I wake up the next day to the smell of shit. And I'm wondering what's going on. Uh, Dixon comes out of his apartment bedroom with a box. That box is full of shit. <laughs> and Dixon said that he could not find the bathroom last night. So he shit in a moving box. <laughs> Therefore, giving him the name Shitbox. Not to be confused with the Canadian band Spirit Box. So the tickets and the Shitbox incident are two different, are two separate nights. So when, when you got you, when you got your providing alcohol and I got the uh, consumption, that was during spring break before I had graduated. I had just came out to visit. As far as shitting in the box, that was after I'd actually moved in with you. And me and my buddy had been drinking and... Yeah, I got blackout drunk and I couldn't find the bathroom in my own apartment and I pooped in the box. I also threw up in a box too after I shit, which makes this so much worse. Hold on a second. What's the tri- the trifecta? Did you also piss in the box? No, I didn't piss in the box. But when he got the ticket and I got the ticket, he blew zeros. I had more than two beers though. Yeah, but he, he blew zeros. Honestly, but- Policy. He blew zeros, but admitting to drinking, and the cops still gave him a ticket. I think that's pretty douchey. Yeah, but if he was... I, I'm on the fence with that, because A, don't admit anything, by the way. Den- deny it and counter-accuse. Have you been drinking, officer? You said honesty was the best policy. But, no, I'm just being fair, like, just to be to be fair... To be fairs. I think if you're a cop and you have, especially back then, and you have an MIP when like kids drinking is such a big issue, if you have it, I, I don't know. Like I I get it because I drank when I was a teenager, but I think as an adult you can't really condone drinking as a teenager either. So you're in a right you're in a fucking awkward spot for that. You should condone the honesty. Like the guy was honest and he blew zeros. Let him fucking go. Like that's ridiculous. I don't know. What did you end up getting like fine or anything for that? Oh, it was it was it was literally nothing. I just had to take like a $25 class and they just threw away the charge. It was nothing. Well, maybe you don't provide alcohol to minors. My fucking brother are you gonna blame dad for that i wasn't the only minor there like he said he was a piece of shit (laughs) still is 
All right. We've uh, come to the end of this poorly made podcast, which is super poorly made this time because I had a computer reading shit for us, but it's better than listening to me read. Do you guys have any words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to the millions of listeners? Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Scotch, you're probably my favorite guest. You're hilarious. You're fucking funny as shit. Um, I really like your lawyer friend. Saul. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. You're fucking hilarious. I love every episode you're a part of. Ben, you're hilarious also. You're thank you for your service. You're great. Um, all your regulars are awesome. I mean your friend how Toby sucks. Your friend Toby, I mean, if he didn't fall asleep so much, he'd be a little better. But I'm pretty sure you've had sex with my brother, so no, no Oh god. I'm pretty sure you have. So not gay if you don't remember. That's not gay if you don't remember. But honestly, I could my brother makes a podcast, right? You would feel obligated to listen to it. Right? Don't be a hater. I'm just saying, like I listen to this, like I've listened to podcasts before his that I'm like religious about. I follow him every time. I listen to yours every time because I want to. It's not because you're my brother. It's a good podcast. So good job. I know you're gonna say ha gay. Oh, I wasn't going to, but that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Gay! Just saying, I this is my most frequently listened to podcast. I don't miss this one. I listen to every episode. And it's not because you're my brother. It's a good podcast. It's good. It's good content. I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the regulars. I enjoy the content. Anyways, uh wor- words of advice or words of wisdom. Uh live feet live fast, eat ass. When he made that comment about the live fast, eat ass guy in the ranger, that was me. <laughs> uh Ben, thank you for your service. Saul, let's get a beer sometime. Ask Lloyd how to get a hold of me. All right. You guys know what to do. Do it. Uh, get some ornaments, buy some merch, all the good stuff you guys do to take care of me. And uh, support the sponsors, because without them, I uh, I really couldn't do this, and I couldn't bring you guys the poorly made content that you all love and deserve. With that said, uh, remember, tell a friend. And uh, he's got to finish if you guys want to hear more from me directly, just look at your mom's DMs. I'll be in there. You gonna beat that? Or? The only thing I'm gonna beat is my meat. I love most of you. Bye bye.